This is hour number three of the John and Leah show. This is the program where each Sunday we talk about the news of the week, the events of our sometimes bizarre lives, and we provide you with a three-hour oasis of entertaining rationality in the increasingly boring desert of insanity, which is the American cultural and political landscape. A ton to get to in hour number three, including um, a little bit about uh, my daughter, Leah Brandon, and uh, how who you actually spoke to today. I know. Uh, she is the cutest old thing. Yeah, well, I, I want to talk a little bit about her in light of uh, what a wussified generation uh, the millennials are and what I anticipate happening in my daughter, who is almost four years old in her generation. And something happened today that I thought was kind of uh, funny and also interesting. So we'll get to that uh, later on. But first, I want to give you a chance to to uh, talk about or maybe defend. I don't know. Uh, you're a guy who you have a lot of respect for. Uh, I know you like him a lot, Glenn Beck, uh, because the story that came out of the the summit with Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook and conservative media types was that of all of those conservatives that were there, it was Glenn Beck who was sucking up to him the most. Now, you asked me very, you know, right before the break, we're up against time there. Why would he be doing it? And by the way, I don't know that Tucker Carlson made the accusation that he was maybe Beck was hoping that Zuckerberg might buy one of his his entities uh, that uh, may or may not be doing particularly well. Uh but that was that was theorized by other people. But it almost doesn't matter to me because clearly what happened at the very least was that Beck was enamored with the celebrity and the gazillions of dollars that Zuckerberg has. And instead of holding his feet to the fire and criticizing him, he sucked up to him. And that to me is consistent with how I perceive Glenn Beck to be which hmm. is to be basically a fraud who's all about Beck. Now, as a Beck fan, what is your perspective on that? Okay, first of all, I just want to say for the record here that you take a particular interest in destroying Glenn Beck only because I like him. That's not true. S- yeah, you do. No, it's not true. It's not true. <laughs> yes. It's not. You, I, I'm, I, I, here's the only relevance you have. Leah, I'm concerned about your taste in men. Yeah, <laughs> I'm concerned that, you know, yeah. you like Ben Carson, Ted Cruz, Glenn Beck, uh, you know, and I'm like, wait a minute. How is this possible? Anybody these... that I like, you set out no, to destroy. No, I just don't so, like it. When, it I don't like that you're sucked in by frauds. Okay. So, well, OK, so number one, the, if Glenn Beck's empire is failing, it's because he is the only one that hasn't been on the Donald Trump train. OK, so there you go. Right. Uh, so he gets absolutely no credit for that. I'll give him credit. Um, I'll give him credit for that. No, I, no, because you, you know, he's a fraud. He's this or he's that. Number two, uh, are we taking Tucker Carlson's word for everything? Because last I heard, Tucker Carlson wasn't the bastion of truth. Okay. Well, uh, and, and number three, let's say it is true. Let's say it is true. Uh, Glenn Beck can be. If you listen every day, he can be a little naive. Uh, both of his co-hosts will give him uh, lots of uh, trouble for critics of Glenn Beck, where he will take up for those critics. Okay, mm-hmm. and I don't know if he's de- if he's in denial or he's a fraud or he's naive he gives people too much credit sometimes and it really upsets me because to me 
Mark Zuckerberg is, you just gave him credit where I completely don't agree with you to say that this is some kind of algorithm that's knocking people off. It is not an algorithm. It is targeting conservatives. I guarantee you there's a person in there. I don't believe it's a computer. All right. right. Glenn Beck. Uh, is giving him way too much credit because Mark Zuckerberg is not a dumb guy. And he probably, you know, came on there and convinced Glenn that, you know, he's sincere in this. Well, I'm not buying it for a second, but I am much more cynical than even you are these days. Fair enough. I think you make some outstanding points as far as the Facebook element of this. I'm totally open to you being right about that. Uh, so you you may very well be. Maybe I'm being, to use your word, naive about it. As far as, and you're not going to believe this, but in all seriousness, it might have an influence on whether or not we talk about it on the air because I know you know, you obviously disagree with me. So if, you, if that's interesting to me, because I want to get your perspective on it, but I, I'm not, I have no interest in taking down somebody simply because you like them. And all, whether you want to believe that or not. But, it, but I, it just turns out that no, way. No, 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 no. It becomes much more noteworthy to me because yeah. here's somebody I know that Leah likes. And by the way, I just gave you four minutes to, which I'm happy to do, to say, hey, I, I honestly want to hear your perspective. And I, and I respect your perspective on that. I mean, is this the worst thing Glenn Beck has ever done? No. As far as Tucker Carlson is concerned, I, I know Tucker a little bit. I've written for Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson and I have an ongoing intermittent debate about the nature of the conservative media. In fact, we were just in a rather long text message debate a few weeks ago about this. And, I, and, and ironically enough, to use the word of this conversation, I think Tucker Carlson is incredibly naive, uh, remarkably so. Whether it's nefarious or not, I don't know Tucker well enough to know that. My sense is he's just flat out naive that he because he's a he's a, a somewhat of a true believer. And that's probably why he was shocked. Uh, that Glenn Beck was sucking up to Mark Zuckerberg when, in fact, he felt like conservatives ought to be holding Zuckerberg's feet to the fire instead of feeling like, oh, isn't it wonderful you graced us with the honor, the honor, which is exactly. I'm not sure that that's exactly how it went. But let me just say this about Glenn Beck. I am so not on board with what he is doing right now, and that is looking for a third party. I, I, in fact, am not even listening to him at this point because – he is so anti-Trump right. that he wants a third party, and we know what's going to happen well, with a, that. A third party ensures 100% of course. Of Hillary, course. Hillary Clinton's uh, election. So, so, I'm mad at him right now. Okay, well, fair enough. Well, no, I think you're, you're being remarkably objective about uh, Glenn Beck. But I, I do think that it's rather odd that conservatives, now like Beck, are morphing into Al Sharpton, because this is what Al Sharpton does. He's a shakedown artist where he uses his media access and celebrity to basically force companies or entities to give him something, whether it's money or positions of power or whatever it is, jobs for people he knows, in order to get him to leave him alone. I don't know that conservatives are going to have enough leverage here. Exactly. And it's interesting because obviously the rest of the news media isn't going to give this story any play. Uh, And it's interesting that Beck went, you know, to to the uh, he he played the suck up card rather than the I'm going to, you know, intimidate him card, which which who knows what his motivation was. But I found it to be interesting. All right. Now, uh, when we come back, speaking of this (laughs) 
you know, this whole issue of shaking people down. Wow, what a shocking development in the Washington Redskins nickname <laughs> controversy in what may go down as the most bogus story in the history of shakedowns. We'll tell you what I'm talking about when we come back on the John and Leah Show. If you ever have trouble sleeping, do yourself a favor, folks, and listen up. It might just change your life. I know it had a big impact on mine. I'm talking about using my pillow. You may have seen MyPillow's owner, Mike Lindell, on their TV commercials. Well, MyPillow is fit just for you, the kind of sleeper you are, on your back or your side or how big or small you are. I love MyPillow, and my wife and daughter use theirs as well. Obviously, a good night's sleep is a life changer. And now's your chance to take advantage of this special offer. Buy one MyPillow, and we'll give you one for your partner for free. Don't waste another night on bad sleep. Life's too short. Call 800-871-1827. That's 800-871-1827. Use the promo code JL for the John and Leah Show for your free pillow and start sleeping better right away. Call 800-871-1827 or go to MyPillow.com and be sure to use that promo code JL for two life-changing pillows made in America with a 10-year warranty, all for the price of one. That's MyPillow.com. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Leah, as a free speech advocate, a guy who wrote the book, uh, The Death of Free Speech, back in 2005, which no one paid attention to, although they should have since it was extremely prescient about where we were headed. Far far more prescient than I ever imagined because things have happened way faster than I ever expected in the realm of us losing our freedom of speech, and I'm not talking necessarily from a First Amendment standpoint, although that's eroding as well. I'm talking about just not being allowed to say what we believe, even when it's true. Yes. Uh, and also as a sports fan, I've been very interested in the whole Washington Redskin controversy, especially as a guy who went to school at Georgetown University in Washington, D.C., although I've never been a huge Redskin fan since I grew up in Philadelphia and was an Eagles fan. But nonetheless, I, I, I've always felt that it was it's just flat out ridiculous that this even became an issue. Uh, but the idea that it became the issue that it did. I mean, this wasn't just a little issue. This has been. One of the most uh, dramatic sports media causes of the decade. Uh, I mean, ESPN, didn't they stop saying Redskins? Well, there are numerous news outlets that made a big show of the fact that they will no longer use the word redskin because because after, it's a slur but, but, right but the same outlets that have been using it for decades and decades without without ever even thinking about it all of a sudden it's not just a bad thing it's forbidden it's it yes. is it's literally you're not allowed <laughs> you're not allowed to say it or else you you are for you're for hidden from even being a person who's in the, the, the cool people's club in the sports media. Phil Simms, uh, CBS sports uh, uh, you know, analyst for NFL football, a former Giants quarterback, made a big show of the fact that he would not say the word redskin all of a sudden because that would make him a... Uh, I mean, so, I mean, and uh, this, this was one of the most ridiculous 
causes I've ever seen. Oh, like, across the country at high schools. Yeah. Oh, they are not allowed to be Redskins anymore. No, no. There's been numerous teams that have changed their name away from Redskins. Uh, the Washington Redskins have held firm, which you know to me has been amazing. Because they have, they have, they have held strong. Uh, the you know the owner of the Redskins has faced an onslaught of uh, of media attacks that are almost unprecedented, saying that he will never change the name. Well, this week, this week, the Washington Post of all people, you know, hardly a conservative outlet, obviously um, very politically correct, very liberal, and and obviously Washington D.C. They did a poll. They did a poll of over 500 Native Americans about the issue of the Washington Redskins nickname. And they tried everything they could. They asked the question in every way possible. Do you find it disrespectful? Are you offended? Are you offended by the name? Would you be offended if you were called the name yourself? And guess what they found? Isn't it a disgusting name? (laughs) Yeah, they did. They pulled out all the stops. And most remarkably... 90%, 90% of Native Americans in this country said that they are not, N-O-T, not offended by the Washington Redskins nickname. Oh, my gosh. They could only get 9% of Native Americans to say they were offended. Now, that's remarkable by the way you can get nine percent of people to say that today is tuesday uh, you know having nothing to do with native americans people are just dumb but the the reality is that after this onslaught i mean i have to say i mean this crushing crushing onslaught you would think that some Native Americans would be brainwashed, especially younger Native Americans. But there's no indication that younger Native Americans were remotely offended by this either. And I got to tell you, you know, I, I, I guess I shouldn't be tipping a hat. Maybe I should be what tipping a feather to Native Americans. <laughs> Boy, but that was politically incorrect, huh? Uh, tip, tip of the feather. Don't to, call them Indians right, now. Right. <laughs> tip of a feather to Native Americans. I, you have new found respect for me from wherever that's worth. Because I got to tell you. Um, any other ethnic group would have been influenced dramatically totally. by by the media coverage of this. Uh, and so I don't know where this goes from here, but this in a, in a rational, semi-rational world would destroy any momentum that has been built up. And by the way, there's been a lot of momentum. I mean, the Redskins have lo- technically lost their trademark. Their, their, their United States trademark on, on the Redskins logo. which That's is unreal. Which, which inspired... Me to create Redskins T-shirt.com, where we have a, I believe, a hilarious, although maybe too complex, logo that, that we created using the Washington Redskins logo. We put Elizabeth Warren, who Donald Trump refers to as Pocahontas, Elizabeth <laughs> Warren's face in the Washington Redskins logo. You can see that T-shirt and get it if you want at Redskins T-shirt. That's the letter T. Shirt.com, and one of the models is my daughter. Great, so you can check her out as well, uh, wearing the Redskins t-shirt, mocking this entire controversy, which got blown to bits in a huge way by the Washington Post poll this week. Uh, When we come back, speaking of uh, political correctness and millennials, wow, on the John and Leah Show. 
If you ever have trouble sleeping, do yourself a favor, folks, and listen up. It might just change your life. I know it had a big impact on mine. I'm talking about using MyPillow. You may have seen MyPillow's owner, Mike Lindell, on their TV commercials. Well, MyPillow is fit just for you, the kind of sleeper you are, on your back or your side or how big or small you are. I love MyPillow, and my wife and daughter use theirs as well. Obviously, a good night's sleep is a life changer. And now's your chance to take advantage of this special offer. Buy one MyPillow, and we'll give you one for your partner for free. Don't waste another night on bad sleep. Life's too short. Call 800-871-1827. That's 800-871-1827. Use the promo code JL for the John and Leah Show for your free pillow and start sleeping better right away. Call 800-871-1827 or go to MyPillow.com and be sure to use that promo code JL for two life-changing pillows made in America with a 10-year warranty, all for the price of one. That's MyPillow.com. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And um, Leah, one last quick uh, thought, because we're a little bit rushed at the la- end of the last segment on this whole uh, Washington Redskin thing. Blasphemy! He said it again! Um, <laughs> this whole <laughs> thing... can be censored the, somehow. Yeah, this, I mean, this whole thing is just... It's just flat-out ridiculous. Um, but... It's it's important to point out because obviously my number one target in life is the utterly broken and completely corrupt news media. The the most important lesson of this is not just that Native Americans kudos to them for not giving in to the media coverage and becoming offended simply because they thought that's what they were supposed to do because that would be the natural thing to do when you're being told you should be offended. Most people tend of to course. be offended, especially in this politically correct climate in which we live. To me, the most important part of this whole deal is that this is a classic example of something that's not a rare occurrence anymore. In fact, it's happening quite often where the news media will create a narrative based on nothing. Transgender. Nothing. That's a great (laughs) example. Nothing. There is no cry out there for transgenders to be able to use whichever nope. bathroom they want. But this becomes a massive issue to the point where we're destroying careers like Kurt Schilling and erasing him from history like ESPN yeah. did from documentaries. And it's always the sports media, which I wrote about in the, in the Death of Free Speech, the book I wrote in 2005. And as a former TV sportscaster, I was always baffled as why sports? You would not think sports would be so politically correct, but it absolutely is. And the sports media is the worst. I have seen it time and time again. I mentioned Penn State many, many times, but that's just maybe the worst example of many where they just make crap up. And it it doesn't matter that there's no reality behind it. It doesn't matter that the math on the story doesn't add up. If the narrative works and it's a story they like and it's a hit in the ratings and it fits their agenda, look out. Because they're all a bunch of complete idiots who follow 
the lead. Each other. They're lemmings. Yeah. They're lemmings. They are so afraid of losing their gigs, sportscasters especially, especially because ESPN has a has a complete monopoly on almost complete monopoly on television sports jobs. So they're so afraid of losing their gigs that they instinctively go with the rest of the herd because the only way you get fired is. If you're outside the herd, if you're outside the herd, you you'll might, be called. Right, you'll be you'll be called from the herd. You might get run over. You might you know you might get eaten. Uh, but you were going to be ostracized from the rest of the herd. So you must stay with the herd. And the herd decided that the Redskins was the worst thing that ever happened. Even though 90% of Native Americans go, huh? Who cares? Exactly. Who cares? All right. So now speaking of political correctness, I got to get to this story uh, from Raleigh, North Carolina, which is one of the many cities in this country in which I have worked and been fired in the news media. <laughs> uh, it's not that it's not that short a list, frankly. It's not that. But uh, yeah, I, name I, the cities where you haven't been. Right. Fired. That might be that might be shorter. But uh, I liked Raleigh. Raleigh was one of my favorite places to live. Um and in fact, uh, that was where I was fired for making a joke about O.J. Simpson's lack of innocence during the trial as a TV sportscaster. Can't tell the truth. <laughs> no, right. Um, how'd that turn out? Anyway, uh, here's the story. And obviously, it's graduation time, mostly for colleges right now, but quickly for high schools. And this is, I think, really emblematic of so much. Uh, and this is, you know, Raleigh, North Carolina is a very... Um, well-educated. It's called the Research Triangle. You know, oh, yeah. ve- very well-educated. Uh, frankly, I think um, Donald Trump's going to have a real tough time uh, in in North Carolina, largely because you know you know what he likes. I love the poorly educated. And, and there's, there's there's not that and many. And lots of Hispanics. Right. Let's not that's, forget. That's true. Absolutely true. A lot of Hispanics in North Carolina. So anyway, I digress. Here's the story. High school valedictorians are on the verge of becoming a thing of the past in Wake County, where Raleigh is, as school leaders cut down on what they call unhealthy competition That's right. among top-achieving students. This is in the Raleigh News and Observer newspaper. The Wake County School Board unanimously, that might be the most amazing part, unanimously. These people are so stupid, you, and they're on the school board. But, but no opposition. Unanimously. How does that happen? How does this happen unanimously? No it's the op- herd. It's the herd. You're exactly right. It's the herd mentality. No one wants to be outside the herd. Unanimously gave initial approval to a policy that would bar, not not say, you know, maybe this is a bad idea, maybe disincentivize, bar high school principals from naming valedictorians and salutatorians titles which go to the two seniors with the highest grade point averages. Starting in 2019, which, by the way, you know, isn't that long from now. I mean, there's some people in high school right now who probably were dreaming of being the valedictorian, right? Who who were dictating their 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 plans and their in their grade point average, their their studying and their course selection based upon uh, the possibility of this happening. Well, forget about it. High That's schools right. high schools would begin using a new system that recognizes seniors with Latin titles, such as cum laude, if they had a weighted GPA of at least 3.75. So in other words, long story short, instead of having two places of honor, almost everybody who's halfway decent is going to get a cum laude, and they're all going to be able to pat themselves on the back, and all their parents will be proud, and they no one will be seen as above them. 
because that will be the highest level of honor you can have is cum laude. Now, the school board chairman, a guy by the name of Tom Benton, said, quote, we have heard from many, many schools. Many, that, many schools. Right, that the competition has become very unhealthy. <laughs> very unhealthy. It's, it, it, it has become very unhealthy for there to be competition. Yes. Um, now, uh, interestingly, at the very end of this article, they talk about how there was no opposition voiced to the change at the board meeting. But previously, critics on in online forums, where I guess you're allowed to say something anonymously, so you're not, you know, called from the herd, right. have, have accused Wake County of being, quote, politically correct with the change. Yeah. Now, here's the deal, folks. Um, this is, you know, look, is this the most important thing in the world? No, but it is emblematic of this entire millennial generation of the participation trophy where nobody's a loser. Well, guess what happens when nobody is a loser? Nobody is really a winner. Tries. Well, that's true, too. <laughs> and, and nobody well, tries. But, and, you know, I agree with that, but I want to focus on the fact that we take away the thrill of winning. See, we, we are so against now the idea of anyone being disappointed or hurt I mean, the whole Megyn Kelly phenomenon, oh, I had right. to suffer. That is so abhorrent to us now that, you know, maybe 10 or 20 students would be disappointed that they worked real hard for four years and they didn't make valedictorian. That we have now robbed the thrill and the honor from the person who was the best. That That's now been taken away. And this is just one example of, of many, but it's an important one because now instead of having one or two, in this case, two people in in a position of honor at graduation, now you're going to have in big schools three or four hundred. And by the yeah. way, it's going to be that's not an exaggeration. I, you know, one of the things that I do is I am actually an alumni interviewer for Georgetown University. And so I, I'm pretty well in touch with this whole issue. And it is unbelievable the grade inflation that has happened at most high schools. I mean, if you don't have a uh, a 4.5 GPA out of four, forget about craziness. Go, for, forget about going to a top-notch college because everybody gets a 4.5. You know, with yeah. the extra points for for uh, AP courses and that kind of stuff. And it's because no one wants to give a B. Especially at private schools, because at private schools, they, they got a parent paying massive tuition, and so they don't want to piss off a parent. Uh, but at public schools, the, the the same phenomenon has occurred, because now the standard is so low. I mean, I remember when getting a B, I mean, I'm only 49 years old, I'm not that ancient, getting a B wasn't that bad. You get of a course B, not. You get a B now, it is a catastrophic event. Yeah, the world for, ends. For a top-notch student. And the teachers know this. So now they're terrified of not giving an A. So so I, I actually – I don't actually think it's the issue of competition. I think it's the issue of it's become so difficult to differentiate between number one and number 30 because everyone's getting A's. So <laughs> that's the real problem here. But Well, I think you're missing the, uh, the other point. Which is what? The other point is if you are the valedictorian – Somehow you have had an unfair advantage. Well, 
of course. I mean, I'm sure that yeah, <laughs> if there's any subjectivity in these choices of valedictorians, I guarantee they're not picking the white males. I mean, that, that's that's for sure. Uh, maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe if it's done purely by grade point average, then it's more difficult for to avoid it being the white people. Um, yes. Because, uh, you know, that, that looks bad. I mean, if, you, if the person who, who is being honored is a white person, then, then that, I, obviously that goes against everything that academia stands for in 2016. I don't know whether or not correct. race actually plays a direct role in this, but I'm sure, look, look the reality is academics would love would love they I mean they, they live for the idea of honoring people who are not white. Um, I mean they, they believe diversity, this is an absolute fact, that diversity of ethnicity is one of the greatest virtues you can possibly have in life. That's how academics believe. That's what they believe. Diversity of thought, forget about it. There's no diversity of thought. You've got to be a liberal, if not a socialist. But diversity of ethnicity is an inherent virtue that cannot be exceeded. Um, but anyway, this this whole issue <laughs> this this whole issue really hit me because I got a four year old daughter and I'm trying to figure out what do I want to teach her about the world and something happened today that was kind of uh, somewhat related to this which I'll share in our final segment coming up next on the John and Leah show. If you ever have trouble sleeping, do yourself a favor, folks, and listen up. It might just change your life. I know it had a big impact on mine. I'm talking about using MyPillow. You may have seen MyPillow's owner, Mike Lindell, on their TV commercials. Well, MyPillow is fit just for you, the kind of sleeper you are, on your back or your side or how big or small you are. I love MyPillow, and my wife and daughter use theirs as well. Obviously, a good night's sleep is a life changer. And now's your chance to take advantage of this special offer. Buy one MyPillow and we'll give you one for your partner for free. Don't waste another night on bad sleep. Life's too short. Call 800-871-1827. That's 800-871-1827. Use the promo code JL for the John and Leah Show for your free pillow and start sleeping better right away. Call 800-871-1827 or go to MyPillow.com and be sure to use that promo code JL for two life-changing pillows made in America with a 10-year warranty, all for the price of one. That's MyPillow.com. This is the final segment of this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com, and that's where Monday morning, fairly early, you'll be able to access the podcast for all three hours of this program, both on SoundCloud and through Apple iTunes. And next week, uh, Leah Brandon, I am expecting that our – first and probably only guest, since we rarely have guests on the program, will be my nearly four-year-old daughter, Grace, uh, <laughs> who has uh, made her broadcast debut on this program just before Christmas. Uh, the reason why she'll be on the show next week is, one, it's a holiday. It's the day before uh, Memorial Day, and so therefore it works logistically. Also, that following week is her fourth birthday. So she, as part of her birthday, has asked to come back on the radio show. I love it. She she really enjoyed going on the radio show um, with Leela, as she refers to you. <laughs> Leela. The, the, lady, the lady on your radio show, Leela. <laughs> um, and so, anyway, something – one of the many things that I'm struggling with as a father, 
with my almost four-year-old daughter, Grace, is what to teach her about the world and how to prepare her for it. Because I was taught a certain way, which turned out to be completely false regarding the world we were going to live in. You know, my mother, my mother prepared me for a world that no longer exists. And so like with regard to things like, for, for instance, the importance of telling the truth. I mean, I'm, I'm all about telling the truth. I don't know whether or not I should be teaching my daughter that the truth really means anything because it doesn't. And in fact, you know, you can, you can probably have live a happier life being a out out liar uh, and be far more successful in this day and age. But I, I, so I don't know what I've, I haven't really decided yet how to handle that specific thing. But since the last uh, segment, we were talking about competition and the notion now that competition is inherently bad and that schools are, are eliminating valedictorians because it's just, there's just too much competition. And, I and I, I, obviously this generation is the, you know, going to be known as the participation trophy generation where there are no, yeah. no losers. And by the way, there are no winners either, which to me sucks because, you know, part of what makes winning great is you got to have some losers. I mean, if you notice there's no losers, then you haven't accomplished What's anything. What's the point? <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, to me, you know, in a sports term, in a term, you know, I've always felt that if if the losers aren't in, at least in anguish, if not in tears at the end of a sporting event, it must not have been a very good sporting <laughs> event. I mean, it, you, you must not have really been playing for much. I mean, I it mean, has to mean something. Exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, I mean, believe where you are in Alabama with the kick six, half of the fun for Auburn fans was looking at the, the devastation on Alabama fans, right? I mean, that, that's why exactly. that's, that was so awesome. So anyway, <laughs> the, we, we can't, we're not allowed to believe that anymore. So anyway, one of the things we've definitely, my wife and I have definitely been trying to instill in grace for better or for worse. And I'm wondering whether or not it might backfire is this notion of not giving up and being very competitive. And one of the things that my daughter likes to do when we go to the park, because she, for some reason, she likes to run, and she's, I guess, a pretty fast runner because it's getting more difficult for me to keep up with her. She likes to, to race, either myself or, or my wife, um, in like a sprint race. And she'll okay. say, I want to do um, on-market cassette go, because that's how she says it, <laughs> on-market cassette go. And so what will happen is, She'll say, okay, on a market cassette, go, and we'll do the race. And, you know, I always go out in front of her, assuming I can, <laughs> uh, as an old man. And then depending on how hard she tries, I'll either let her win, we'll tie, or occasionally I'll beat her. Because, you know, I, I want her not get too discouraged, but I also want her to know that she can't just win every time just because, you know, she raced. So, um in, invariably, so occasionally she she won't give it her best effort, and I'll beat her, and yeah. she will, I mean, collapse in tears, devastated that she has lost, just completely devastated, um, <laughs> which I actually think is a pretty good thing. I mean, because you know, one, she's learning that you 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 know, we always say, well, if you don't want to cry, yeah. just run try faster, harder. <laughs> right? Run faster, run faster. You won't have to cry next time. So, exactly. but my concern now is this generation she's living in is so freaking wussified that I'm I'm now thinking she, she's going to be way too competitive. Like she's going to crush all these kids because and and that by the time she's older. 
winning will be forbidden. And then, uh, oh yes, I mean, that's true. I mean, I you know I'm being serious here. I I'm I'm actually questioning whether or not the instilling her the notion that losing is bad and winning is good, and then you got to try your hardest, and if you don't win, you got to try harder, might not be a good thing in her generation. Uh, I have I don't not sure about that, but it might be. And then just to top the story off, which goes to show you just how you know kids don't listen to their parents. She's getting to that age now where she wants to do everything on her own. So this this is apropos of nothing. It's just kind of a funny story. So we were leaving the park, and she was on her trike because she's not ready for a bike yet. And she's like, I want to do this on my own. Daddy, don't push me. I can do this, which she sort, sure. of, sort of can, sort of can't. So, but she, And she's wearing her Minnie Mouse outfit with a very short skirt. So her legs are totally exposed. And she's riding the trike, and she's heading towards, which is for her, basically the cliff of the edge of the street, the sidewalk. And so she's going to go collapse off the side of the sidewalk. And I say to her, Grace, you got to let me help you. You have to let me help you because you're going to fall. No, I can do it myself. <laughs> so, so sure enough, she goes straight ahead. And just like Daddy said, she goes off the sidewalk. The trike collapses. She, come, she, she falls into the street. Now, she doesn't cry, but she has a boo-boo. Right. So she's, she's got a cut on her knee. She scraped her knee. She's a little upset about it. And so I'm trying to, to use this as an opportunity to create a lesson. Right. Maybe you should listen to daddy. So I say, so I say to Grace, you know, daddy told you that we needed to move the trike. So you weren't going to go off the ledge on onto the street. You know, what what should you have done differently? And she says with a straight face, she says, I should have worn pants. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> In other words, it wasn't that I didn't listen to Dad. It's that I didn't have on pants so that when I fall into the crowd, I don't skin my knee and get a boo-boo. Yeah, I, but I love it. I love it. Why is that? Let her go and make her own mistakes and fall down and do, you know, whatever. I love it that she that that's the biggest thing, that she should have worn pants. <laughs> It was hilarious. Uh, but, but part of me is like, well, wait a minute, which I did try to instill in her. I said, look, you know, I know you want to do things on your own, but occasionally you still want to listen to mom and dad. You know, because we, we, we're, we're not right all the time, but we're right some of the time. It didn't seem to work, though. All right. Um, Leah, uh, so, we'll hope, daughter. So, so, so hopefully we'll hear from Grace next week. Leah, it's always great to talk to you. We'll talk to Thank you next you. week. That's uh, good. Podcasts at freespeechbroadcasting.com. Until next Sunday, I'm John Zickler. So long, everybody.